We meet today in Proverbs chapter 5, verse 1 to verse 23. It is an interesting chapter that has God's sex education. When you read this chapter carefully, you will find that the young man is counseled to live a pure life for the sake of his home. This is the kind of sex education that God gives. I like this education from God better than some of the things that I am hearing today. Even in Christian services, unfortunately, God is saying that a pure life should be led for the sake of the home later on. A lot of the problems in the homes today don't begin there. They begin way back in the premarital sex life of the individual. We need to think about the safety and the security of the future home. That's the context of sex. You see, my friend, sex is beautiful, it is excellent, it is exclusive, but it is also enjoyable. For those things to be met, it ought to be in its place, in its time, with its person. And that is only in the context of marriage. Proverbs 5, verse 1 and verse 2. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding, that you may preserve discretion, and your lips may keep knowledge. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding, that you may preserve discretion, and your lips may keep knowledge. My son is a statement that keeps on coming. This is addressed to the young men again. This is wisdom bidding the young men to come to her school to learn from her. In the previous chapter, the warning was against the evil man. In this chapter now, the warning is against the strange woman, literally the stranger woman, because the woman was a stranger, one who came from outside Israel. She was generally a Gentile, and she was a prostitute. No Israelite was to become a prostitute. According to the law, a prostitute was to be stoned. However, as Israel got further from God, they also sank into more and more immorality. Thus, it happened that some of the Israelites did become prostitutes, as indicated in Proverbs 2, verse 17, where we read, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. In that case, the woman is still considered a stranger, a foreigner, because she is a stranger as far as her relationship to God is concerned. Proverbs 5 verse 3 to verse 11 says, For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lay hold of hell, lest you ponder her path of life. Her ways are unstable. You do not know them. Therefore, hear me now, my children, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Remove your way 
far from her, and do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others, and your years to the cruel one, lest aliens be filled with your wealth, and your labors go to the house of a foreigner, and you mourn at last, when your flesh and your body are consumed. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lay hold of hell, lest you ponder her path of life. Her ways are unstable. You do not know them. Therefore, hear me now, my children, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Remove your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others, and your years to the cruel one, lest aliens be filled with your wealth, and your labors go to the house of a foreigner, and you mourn at last, when your flesh and your body are consumed. Again, let's talk about this. The immoral woman, the immoral woman here, is a seductress, alluring the youth to immorality. She works upon the weaknesses of her victim, and the, the weaknesses of the victim are actually alluded in verse 3. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. The victim does not see beyond the outward appearance. A man's own strength, that is the, the restraint of education or self-discipline, is actually insufficient here. Nothing can be judged by the first stages like the sweetness of the beginning cannot compare with the bitterness of the ending. Then we are told of this word, wormhood, is a species plentiful actually in Palestine. Because of its acid taste, it is used in the Bible as a symbol of what is bitter and harmful. That is how this woman appears. Although she outwardly looks like she is innocent, she is bitter. What a warning is given here to this young man. This gives a true picture of the end result of sexually transmitted infections. At last, there is a morning when the flesh and the body are consumed. Actually, here in Africa, STIs and HIV and AIDS has reached epidemic proportions. We are ever at the cemetery burying young people who should not be dying. But what has happened? The flesh and the body are now consumed. They are now consumed. Here is Proverbs chapter 5, verse 12 to verse 14. And say, how I have hated instruction. And my heart despised correction. I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to those who instructed me. I was on the verge of total ruin in the midst of the assembly 
and congregation. Now remember that God is not mocked. What you sow is what you shall reap. God describes here what will be the end result of such a life. I believe that our society is already reaping what it has been sowing. The gross immorality in our lands stem from the lack of instruction in the word of God. And many people are coming with social reconstruction programs and they never mention the word of God. It will not work. Return to the word of God. That's where true revival comes. Now God tells about the relationship that should exist between husband and wife. Here we see marriage brought to a very high level, very high plane. Proverbs chapter 5 verse 15 to verse 17 talk about the holiness of marriage. Here it begins. Drink water from your own system and running water from your own well. Should your fountains be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be only your own, and not for strangers with you. My friend, these verses use what I would call frank erotic language, as is found even in the book of Song of Solomon, in expressing that sexual delight in marriage is by divine design, as is the joy of procreation, in which husband and wife join hands with the Creator God to produce the next generation. That is also even talked of in Genesis 1 verse 28. The wife is compared to a cistern and a well, also, Song of Solomon 4 verse 12 talks about it. This figure emphasizes or enhances her value in the Eastern world in which water was scarce and valuable. The terms fountains and streams of water are references to children who are victims of marital discord. They suffer from lack of proper home, either abandoned or raised by strangers. There used to be a movie here on the African continent which was entitled When Two Elephants Fight, the Grass Gets Hurt. It was making reference to the discord that may even happen between a husband and a wife and how the innocent little children will suffer. In other words, your offspring should be from your wife, not from a stranger. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth as a loving dear and graceful doe. Let her breast satisfy you at all times and always be enraptured with her love. Proverbs 5 verse 18 to verse 19. Did I read that from the word of God? Are you sure I did? Yes, it's in the word of God. And you see, when sex is in its place, God is not ashamed to talk about it. That is why it is in God's word. But again, I want to remind you, in its place, in its time, with its person, that is in marriage. Sex is excellent, enjoyable, and exclusive. 
Now, the phrase loving deer and graceful doe is a reference to animals commonly used in semantic poetry as figures of female beauty and endearment. That is also in Song of Solomon 4 verse 5. The wife's love is to satisfy and refresh her husband. The verb enraptured, which is shagar in Hebrew, to be intoxicated, describes one who can no longer restrain himself or act under his own power. The one loved presents herself as lovely. The wife is not only an intellectual companion, but she is a satisfying lover as well. When marriage is merely a business arrangement without the tender delights of love, human passions are open to testing and often seek other outlets. Tender and loving affection between husband and wife is the best and surest defense against promiscuity or immorality. These verses Describe love in marriage and the word of God makes it very clear that physical love and sexual love in marriage are to be sanctified and brought to a very high level. There was a time when speaking of these things was a taboo. They were not mentioned as though they were immoral or some sort of dirty thing even among married people. Do you notice how God describes physical love in marriage? He lifts it to the very highest level. Remember that marriage was designed by God himself and was given to the human family for the welfare and good of mankind. A part of the immorality of our day is the attempt to get rid of marriage, and that is trying to get rid of God's plan. But for the child of God, the Christian home is a picture of the relationship between Christ and the church. You just cannot have a relationship higher or holier than that. That is why it is alarming to see that even Christian couples in the church are breaking up. That hasn't happened in only one or two cases, but it's happening many times all over the place. This ought to cause the church to get down on its knees before God and find out what is wrong and pray and ask for God to intervene and save the institution of marriage. It is an indication that the word of God is not getting through to the people. The word of God is not influencing and swaying the lives of those members of the church. We need the word of God, my friend. Hebrews 13 verse 4 tells us, Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. God calls marriage a wonderful relationship. It is high and holy, and not to be treated as something that is unclean. But notice the other side of the picture, but fornicators and adulterers God will will judge. He will judge. You will not get by with sin, my friend. If you are not God's child, you are acting according to the way the devil's children act. If you happen to be a child of God, one of these days, God will take you to his woodshed for discipline. He will whip you with an age of your life if you live as a fornicator, as an adulterer. 
Peter admonishes husbands to dwell with their wives according to knowledge and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. First Peter chapter 3 verse 7. Now this is a real test, my friend. When a husband and a wife are so living together before each other that they have joy and confidence, they can come and kneel down together and pray together and love together. That home represents the relationship of Christ and the church. And how wonderful to be able to do so. I want to tell you, my friend, that God can and will bless such a home. Oh, how important that is. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. For why should you, my son, be enraptured by an immoral woman and be embraced in the arms of a seductress? For the ways of men are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. This is amazing. Why should you be embraced by the arms of a foreign person, an immoral person who is simply seducing you for the benefit of herself, not for the benefit of the total unity of the family? And remember that the Lord is watching. Now, this is an interesting verse, my friend. The ways of men are, are before the Lord. We need to recognize that God is seeing all of us all the time. God is always watching us. You see, some immoral people think that when they do their acts of immorality in dark places or in dark corners or in dark lodges, they think God is not seeing. God is watching, my friend. The ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord and God ponders. He wonders why we act and say what we do. And I think that God must really get puzzled by some of the things that we do and say, especially his children. He looks at them and says, why in the world are you doing that? Someone said, whatever people may call the secret thing that is happening here on earth, it is actually open scandal in heaven. God will be seeing. So don't fool yourself, my friend. He watches over you, not with a stick to, to just hit you, but no, he watches and sometimes he grieves in his heart to see you going into sin. And angels maybe will be wishing if you only knew that they are all watching and God is seeing, you would stop behaving like that. Proverbs 5 verse 22 to verse 23, his own iniquities and trap the wicked man, and he is caught in the cause of his sin. He shall die for lack of instruction, and in the greatness of his folly he shall go astray. Here God says that there is a day that is coming, and it is a day of accountability. It is a day of retribution. You will reap what you have sown, my friend. A payday is on the way. Man thinks he is getting by with sin. God says that no one will get by with such a thing. Man's own iniquities shall take him, and he will be held with the cause of his own sin. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Remember David. He sowed a bad seed, 
and he ripped it. Remember that God will not let you off the hook. Another reason for rejecting sexual temptation is that the Lord Jesus sees all and he will punish the wrongdoer. He shall die here does not necessarily mean a physical death, but it refers to an absence of life. The adulterer will miss out on the full and joyous life that God intended. You see, when people are getting themselves in, involved in sexual immorality, there is a saying that says we are enjoying life. Yet let me speak to you, my friend, honestly. Sex is for marriage and sex belongs in marriage. Only in marriage will sex be enjoyable, exclusive, excellent, and something that will reach its full potential. Why? Because there will be no panic, there will be no fear, there will be no anxieties. You are not suspicious of anything. But an adulterer will not find the full joyous life that God intends even to be accomplished through the beauty of sex. Why? Because you are anxious. Because you are not sure if you will be caught or not. You are not sure if you are catching a disease or not. You miss on life. The absence of life. My friend, choose life today. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org.